0: Thanks to Third Love for supporting Muller She Wrote. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com ag now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Thanks to Scentbird, a luxury perfume subscription service, for supporting Muller She Wrote. Go to scentbird.com ag and use code ag for 50% off your first month. You'll be glad you did.
2: Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist.
1: No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist.
0: Hello, and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me as always is Julisa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. Welcome to the beginning of the end <laughs> for Donald Trump and his nasty crotchfruit fruit children. Uh, we have a massive episode today. Are Dean laughing at crotchfruit? fruit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> including an interview with uh, Jennifer Taub. She was the professor that Jacob Wool and Surefire Intelligence tried to reach out to and get her to lie about Mueller sexually harassing her. Mm-hmm. She's joining us today. And we also have um, law professor and CNN contributor Renato Mariotti. Uh, Jaleesa, you're going to be talking about Trump's wonderful Washington Post interview. Yeah. He's so articulate. <laughs> and Jordan, you have some Nunez news. Nunez news. And I'm going to cover the Manafort uh, blowing up his plea deal this week. But uh, first, we have a correction from last week. I had mistakenly thought... It was during the Mayflower meeting that Butina asked Trump her question about sanctions that everyone thought sounded really rehearsed, Mm -hmm. you know? I think Esikhoff and Korn went over that in Russian Roulette. Mm -hmm. Bannon was like, what the fuck? Did they practice this? Uh Bannon says fuck a lot. Um, (laughs) What was it? Uh, What? What was it? What, what, What was she actually if not the Mayflower. Oh, it wasn't the Mayflower. It was Freedom Fest. Oh, yeah. Remember the prayer breakfast thing in Vegas? The Freedom Fest. Pew, um, pew. And, um, and RA stuff. Yeah. So first, first I want to welcome all of our new listeners. We got a ton this week. Um, so welcome uh, to Muller She Wrote. Freedom Fest. I'm going to do a lot of explaining of inside jokes in this uh, in this episode because <laughs> I feel like you, you might listen to it and you'd be like, this is great for the news, but what the fuck are beans and why are we talking about... Freedom Fest. So Freedom Fest was this prayer breakfast thing that's put on annually every year. But we have insisted that you have to call it Freedom Fest. And it's in all capitals. Yes. So that's how that works. Uh, I think we also you might hear us talk about essential consultants or essential consulting. Mm -hmm. Um, That's uh, the slush fund that Cohen set up. And you have to say it like this. Uh, and and we wrote a tagline for it too. Essential consulting is fucking essential. Yeah. <laughs> so you might hear us say that too. Mm-hmm. Anything else pops up, I'll try to I'll try my best to stop and explain yeah. it. And I think pew pew. Is that a part of Freedom Fest or did I mix it up? Is is that Yeah, all, that is. The yeah. because the people
3: there are pew pew people, gun yeah. gun nuts. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're or gun enthusiasts. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it sounds like lasers, but. <laughs> Is there an NRA for lasers? Ooh, like a Too Darth smart. Vader type of situation. We should start one, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be cool. Well, anyway, we have a lot of news to get to this week, so let's jump in with just the facts. All right, guys. Beginning way back on Sunday, um, sidebar blog picked a hell of a week to report that a judge in the Mueller case, in a Mueller case, upheld the legal theory that makes collusion a crime, according to Randall Eliason. It's true that there's no criminal statute titled collusion, but the relevant crime is conspiracy under Code U.S. Code Title 18, Section 371, which prohibits conspiracies to commit an offense against the United States in any manner for any purpose. And in the Concord management case, that's one of the Russian entities indicted by Mueller when he indicted all the Russians. Mm -hmm. Um, Concord asserted that Mueller can't charge under... um, section 371, unless the prosecution can prove willful intent or willfulness. But the judge said, nope, sorry, bro. Uh, The judge determined that uh, you don't have to do that, meaning in order to be found guilty, um, the defendant does not have to have known about the precise legal provisions they were violating. Mm -hmm. So while there's no statute called collusion, it's still a crime. And uh, that precedent is very important to the Mueller investigation, especially considering all the news that came out this week. And we also know that um, Rosenstein, in his redacted memo that outlined the scope of the Mueller investigation, um, called them crimes of collusion. So, mm. I know that that's a big talking point for Trump you when know, collusion, uh, and he's been using that word, and I think he's been using it because there's no statute called collusion, so that he can you know just come out and say collusion's not illegal. Well, it is. It's just different words. Mm-hmm. Boom. <laughs> Little Benjamin with tiny cannon. Boom. <laughs> um, Monday. Papadopoulos reported to jail. Womp womp. We had said last week that we were 100% certain that the judge would rule against Papadopoulos' motion to continue his bail, meaning he wanted to stay out of jail until the Andrew Miller subpoena battle was decided. The judge, in fact, denied his motion, and he's in jail. And uh, those Papadopoulos beans I alluded to last week? Let's hear that clip. (laughs) Also, Wednesday, Mueller filed a motion to deny Papadopoulos' motion uh, to wait until the Miller case is decided before he reports to jail, asserting that if the court finds Mueller's appointment to be unconstitutional, Papadop thinks he shouldn't have to go to jail. Uh, The filing by Mueller used Papadopoulos' own tweets against him, (laughs) saying the reason he wants a continuance is because he feels the entire investigation has been very unfair to him. Mueller also points out that regardless of the outcome of the Miller case, Papadopoulos signed a waiver. Um, that he can't appeal and he lied to the FBI and he's agreed to go to jail for it so he's not even going to jail for collusion um, he's going to jail because he lied to the FBI <laughs> and he agreed to go to jail so Mueller's appointment has no bearing on his jail sentence at all I'm 100% sure the judge will deny uh, Papadopoulos's motion he'll have to report to jail tomorrow Monday to serve his 14 days uh, also keep your eyes peeled for a mega story coming out about Papadopoulos this week there's going to be Huge Papa Dot beans, and I can't tell you anything (laughs) about it, but I have a source to put some beans on it. Well, beans come true.
3: No matter how your heart is grieving, if you keep on believing, beans that
0: you. Natasha Bertrand and Scott Stedman, both frequent guests on MSW, reported in The Atlantic that Adam Schiff had received a letter saying Papadopoulos had bragged of Russia business deals, a Russian business deal, even after the election. Um, The FBI and the House Intelligence Committee are now investigating this letter sent from an anonymous source and alleging a series of unsubstantiated claims, including that Papadopoulos said he was going to do a business deal in Russia back in 2016 uh, that would make a great deal of money for Trump and himself which is interesting because now we have some news coming out a little bit later in the show about that Trump Tower deal with Sater, and Cohen was in on it. Um, We'll send out a picture of that redacted letter in our newsletter this week um, that goes out to patrons. If you're not a patron and you want to be, you can become one at patreon.com slash wrote, And if you're wondering why I keep talking about beans, (laughs) (laughs) if you're new, um, episode 24 explains this really well. If you want to go listen to episode 24... I was looking for a catchphrase, like uh, how Maddow says, uh, watch this space. Or someone might say, put a pin in it, um, you know. And I didn't, I couldn't think of a good one. So I remembered a, a, a bit that a, a comedian friend of mine used to do. His name's Dallas McLaughlin. And where he, he won, it was right around the time Larry the Cable Guy came out and the whole blue collar comedy tour was going on. And and Dallas was like, I bet all I need to do to get famous is come up with a great catchphrase. <laughs> so he started testing out catchphrases. Ironically, these aren't real. Right. They're meant to sound yeah, dumb. They're meant to sound stupid. And one of them was put some beans on it. Yes. And so I asked him if I could have that. And he's like, uh, yeah. So that's where that comes from.
4: And thank you guys for just, like, going with it, because it's taking a whole world of its own
0: now. Yeah, y'all ran with beans.
3: Yeah. We (laughs) need LL Bean to sponsor us. We need Bushes
0: to sponsor us. (laughs) Goya, roll that bean footage. That's Bushes, right? And uh, sometimes we'll say Space Beans or Super Secret Space Beans, and that's because I've combined Watch This Space with Put Some Beans On It, and it came out, Watch These Space Beans. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where that whole thing Mm -hmm. comes from. Welcome to Muller She (laughs) Yeah,
3: try the beans. I think you'll find they're actually very fitting. Mm -hmm. It really rolls off the tongue. It does. Mm -hmm. Oh, beans. Put some beans on it. Don't
4: fight it, because a couple of people will reach out, and they'll be like, stop with the beans, but only a few. Most people love it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's like
3: putting beans on black, you know? Mm -hmm. It just rolls off. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so now, you know, in this show, I've uh, from the very beginning, if you listen to the early episodes, sorry about the sound quality, um, we, we talk about how I lay out facts and news reports and then I say, and then this is conjecture. And I always want to make sure to separate my theories from what's actually being reported in the news. And so now sometimes put some beans on it has just been shortened to beans, you know. Exactly, yeah. So like if I come up with a theory and I say, I bet you, like I did a week ago last year, uh, I bet Flynn's gonna get indicted. Mm-hmm. Beans, and then yeah. bam, December first, he was indicted. I love it. So that's just kind of guessing, and and regular news organizations and outlets and journalists aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> that's why I wanted to do a podcast so I can fucking do it all day. Do whatever we want. Yeah, we're <laughs> not whatever we want, but nothing per- crazy. Beans nothing. aren't crazy. <laughs> we aren't gonna collude with Russia <laughs> to fix an election. Uh, anyway, so that's beans. Also, Mandy, if you can remember that far back, I can't, that's why I take notes, (laughs) we found out Jerome Corsi uh, decided he was going to reject a plea deal offered to him by special counsel, special counsel, Bob Mueller. He alleges uh, that prosecutors asked him to commit a felony when they told him he didn't have to report the plea agreement to the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, or FINRA, because the agreement would be under seal. Um, He said he'd rather not, uh, he'd rather rot in jail than sign the deal because he says he didn't lie. Um, But probably he's more worried about losing his securities license, I guess. He said, um, it was shocking to me because the special counsel was advising me to commit a felony. I felt like an American soldier in the Korean War being interrogated by the communist Chinese.
3: Okay. (laughs) All right. That's a
0: bit of a stretch, Mr. Corsi. He's fucking insane. He's he's absolutely
3: insane. That sounds a... Maybe you shouldn't call the people investigating you communists just as a start. That's probably a good place to begin. (laughs)
0: Uh, And then Corsi released a draft of his charging document given to him by Mueller. He he drafted it up and he said, here's what we're going to charge you with and here's what you'll get. And I have a theory as to why he did this, which I'll get to in a second. But the charging document said that Corsi told several lies to the grand jury but was offered a deal where he'd plead guilty to one count of lying, and in in exchange for that cooperation, he would get no jail time. He'd be just given probation, um, and he wouldn't take it. Uh, The charging document was interesting. It said Corsi lied when he told the uh, grand jury that Stone never asked him to reach out to WikiLeaks, when he had. He also lied when he said he didn't reach out to a third party in London to ask WikiLeaks what they had. That third party was Ted Malik, and Corsi did ask Malik to find out what Assange had. That was after we knew that the GRU had hacked the DNC and the DCCC. Uh, then he lied, Corsi lied, when he said he did not get back to Stone, telling him that WikiLeaks had documents incriminating Hillary Rodham Clinton and that they were going to release them in October of 2016. He said he didn't do that. Turns out he did tell Stone. uh, And Mueller had all the emails to prove it, so he's got documentary evidence. We also learned that Trump was mentioned by name in the draft document, saying Stone and Trump were in communication, and Washington Post would report later in the week that Stone and Trump would talk frequently by phone late, late at night into the wee hours. (laughs) Um, So Mueller has this documentary evidence, and... Um, That Stone and Trump talked a lot back then, and that Stone asked Corsi to reach out to WikiLeaks to find out what they had, which he did through Ted Malik, and then reported back to Stone that they have dirt on HRC and they're going to release it in October. So, why did Corsi release his draft plea agreement? Why do you make it public? My theory, and these are theories, and this is conjecture, is that he was communicating with Trump, letting Trump know what Mueller has and, and what he told the grand jury. In fact, I think, and these are super space beans. Uh, I think that Corsi, Stone, Miller, Manafort, and Trump were all communicating about what story they were going to tell Mueller in the grand jury, and and that's why the, that joint defense agreement was never canceled, and I think that in return for lying, they'd all get pardons. It's the only explanation for Corsi releasing that document and refusing a deal where he would get no jail time.
3: Mm-hmm. Or he's going to go full Nunberg, and he's just doing this as a phase. <laughs> he's like a teenager acting out for a second. Yeah, I f- and then he'll come back to Muller like I'm sorry, Mom. Yeah, gonna come back now. I
0: think he's gonna go full Nunberg. And when we say that, we, we this happened when uh, Sam Nunberg went on uh, did a all the talkie shows. Right, he goes around. And he was high as fuck. Yeah, drunk. Red <laughs> <And he was laughs> face. Drunk. Uh, and I think Aaron Burnett was like, uh, "You smell like alcohol right <laughs> now, <laughs> sir. Are you drunk?" He's like, "No." <laughs> and uh, I'm sure he was on coke. But anyway. Um, hang out with a lot of comedians. I can tell when people are on cocaine, but he... You pick up on that kind of thing. So then this wonderful, beautiful lawyer who was also on a show with him was like, dude, you don't want to do this because you'll end up in prison and you'll sit there until you tell the truth and you could be there forever and like you could get charged with everything you've done wrong and also on top of it, obstruction of justice and conspiracy to defraud the United States by making this deal and lying. And, And that's when Nudberg was like, oh, and he went. To the grand jury. He
4: remember did. his face when he, when she said that? Yeah, he was like, really?
0: <gasps>
3: <laughs> like, your lawyer didn't fucking tell yeah. you that, dude? And then your lawyer let you go on national television. <sighs> Whoever his publicist is really needs to be fired as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so that, I th- I'm with you, Jordan. I think he's going to go Nunberg, and he'll be like, okay. Because it's only probation. Mueller doesn't fuck around, man. He, he'll be like, I will wreck your life. or Or you can go home.
3: Yeah. You know? Yeah, all of Stone's minions, like Andrew Miller, they have this false sense of confidence right now, but I think since that happened on Monday, everything that happened following Monday, which, you know, we'll go over, is probably putting a seed in their brain that that was a horrible decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, and he and he still has time. And I, I, I have a feeling Mueller will give him that time. Remember when Mueller pushed the Manafort um, sentencing back 10 days? And we found out this week, we found out why. It's because he was about to blow up his plea deal. But mm-hmm. I feel like Mueller gives you time. Like, you sure? He'll ask, like... A hundred times, dude. You should, bro. Are you sure this is the route you want to take? Mm-hmm. Because I know why you're doing it, and I have all the evidence. And you're gonna go to jail forever. And we'll talk a little bit about why I think Manafort doesn't care if he's in jail forever. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> why Manafort don't give a shit? <laughs> <laughs> he don't give a fuck. Uh he's Honey Badger, him and Ellis. Crazy yeah. Judge Ellis. Another
4: inside joke, sort of, right? Yeah. Uh
0: yeah. We had Randall from Randall's Animals. Do you guys remember um Honey Badger? Crazy Honey Badger. Doesn't give a <laughs> shit. Ooh, look at him eat the snake. Gross. Uh well we had him come on and narrate the trial for Manafort and it it went beautifully so Mm -hmm. uh, he referred to Judge Ellis as crazy ass Judge Ellis he's like the honey badger he don't give a (laughs) shit so you might want to check out that I think that was the Manafort episode Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah yeah with Randall's animals you should check that episode out it was pretty pretty funny Uh, Still Monday, we learned that Representative Goodlot, the embattled chair of the House Judiciary Committee, said that it's really tough for government officials like Ivanka Trump to comply with agency standards for secure communications when sending emails. He went on on to explain how Ivanka was doing what she could to comply, but there's a lot of different things that you have to make sure you're doing, uh, and whether it's according to the rules of the White House or wherever you're doing it, (laughs) is what he said. And this is from the chair of the committee that just subpoenaed Comey and Lynch to question them about the handling of the Clinton email investigation. Mm. Fuck out of here, good lot.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know I don't need to say this, that I don't buy that reasoning, but considering that's the, the one thing that your dad was saying lock her up about, maybe you shouldn't, maybe that's the one thing you should have eyes on. Thank That you, you shouldn't also do. Ugh. But she didn't delete them.
0: No, she didn't delete them. It's not illegal. Okay. It, whatever. She won't go to jail. Neither should Hillary. Everyone shut up. <laughs> Not you guys, but, you know, everyone else. <laughs>
3: Enough about the damn emails. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about the damn emails. Oh, my God. That was so funny. And everyone was like, yeah. Everybody clapped. He's like, could we fucking talk about something? He, I swear to God, he was about to say fuck. Mm-hmm. That old angry man. He's just adorable. All right. Then uh, Tuesday, in, in an interview, Comey actually said about Whitaker... Uh, uh, he might not be the sharpest knife in our drawer, uh, but basically if he blocks shit and obstructs justice, he'll he'll go down on the wrong side of history. I'm paraphrasing the end of that. But that was a little interview Comey. He's just basically referred to Whitaker as a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, But not so much of a dumbass that he would obstruct justice and collude, you know, and conspire with the president. To, Seems
4: like he's right so far. To
0: tamper with witnesses. Mm-hmm. Also Tuesday, Red Devil, Maria Butina, was moved to solitary confinement. November 21st, because she was giving away her lawyer's phone number to another inmate, assumingly so he could communicate on her behalf where it wouldn't be listened to, like if he came and talked to her himself. So her lawyers argued that the solitary confinement is starting to have a profound psychological impact on her, and unless the court intervenes, she will require the attention of a mental health professional.
4: Well, boo fucking who?
0: So we are now hearing that she's close to a plea agreement, so keep that in mind as we head to the Fantasy Indictment League this week. Uh, and I do want to say, you know, while I, I threw in that clip, Boo Fucking Who, about her being in solitary confinement, I, I, I do want to say that I don't necessarily agree with solitary confinement for everyone. But if you're, first of all, in danger, or you're trying to break the law wall inside prison, mm-hmm. um, or you, just for your own safety, like I said, that it's necessary. Totally. And, and also, she there's some people who are in jail that are not not supposed to be in jail that are being put in solitary confinement. She's fucking supposed to be in jail, mm-hmm. so <laughs> boo fucking who? Good point. Uh, still Tuesday, The Guardian reported that the White House was blocking Gina Haspel, the CIA director, from joining the group that briefed the Senate on the murder of Khashoggi, assumingly because she does believe there's evidence that Mohammed Bonsa is connected directly to the murder. But instead... Pompeo, who we need a nickname for that guy, <laughs> Ellen Pompeo, perhaps net? No, there's no <laughs> just Pompeo. Just ugh, I just hate yeah, that guy. That's a tricky one. Uh, when he, him and Mattis briefed the Senate, saying there was no direct evidence, no direct evidence that uh, MBS was involved in the murder directly. So Haspel traveled to Turkey following Khashoggi's death and heard it on audio recording. She heard the mur- the murder tape, and so how is this connected to the Mueller investigation? Well. We could play Six Degrees of Muller. Let's see. Uh, The Death of Khashoggi by Mohammed Bonesaw, who Trump is covering for because of the potential $80 billion nuclear reactor deal brokered by Flynn, who pleaded guilty in the Mueller investigation. There you go. I've connected them.
3: That was quick. Those were super space beans. You should listen to our last episode if you're like, what? Nuclear reactors. Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: yeah. The Mayflower, the Marshall Plan, and and the fact that Trump is trying to help Saudi Arabia develop a nuclear bomb. That's... Mm -hmm. Last week's episode. You may have heard that because I feel like all all our new listeners listen to that one first. But if you haven't, go check it out. Uh, Also Tuesday, the civil trial against Jeffrey Epstein. What a wonderful guy. Uh, That began in Palm Beach, Florida. We talked about Epstein with Scott Dworkin in one of our episodes back in July. Uh, Epstein was investigated by the FBI for pedophilia, prostitution and trafficking, human trafficking. The Miami Herald said it found almost 80 women he allegedly raped or molested or sexually abused over a five year period. Epstein is friends with Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and, of course, Donald Trump, and uh, Alan Dershowitz. Uh, and Donald Trump, uh, he may or may not have coincidentally owned a modeling agency around the time Epstein was throwing his famous parties, uh, where he would bring underage models in to entertain his guests. Uh, but there's a kicker in a report this week from the Herald. It turns out the U.S. attorney in Florida gave Epstein the deal of a lifetime where he had, he had to, let's see, he pleaded to two counts of prostitution. Two counts. Uh, and served 13 months in jail, and it was a nice jail too, and he had to register as a sex offender, and he had to pay restitution. And the U.S. attorney gave him that sweetheart deal, uh, and now that U.S. attorney is Trump's secretary of labor. Oh. The sweetheart deal shut down the Epstein investigation and further granted immunity to any potential co-conspirators in the case, even though the FBI had identified 36 victims. So I hope they throw the book at him in this civil trial, and I'm very interested if Trump or Clinton's or Dershowitz's name's Come up. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So that'll be. We'll follow that. We'll keep you posted. Finally, on Tuesday, Mississippi elected a known racist made of bridge trolls and cigarettes <laughs> to the United States Senate. Uh, I guess they're mad. They're the 49th worst state, and they're gunning for 50. So way That's to go,
4: Ooh, so funny. Mississippi. Yeah, it's like she's a
0: box of cigarettes that came to life. Yeah. Basically. Yes. B- brought to life by bridge trolls. <laughs> so, uh, then we can move to Wednesday um, when chinless Mitch blocked a bipartisan Mueller protection bill again. Um, saying again how he doesn't see how Mueller is in in any trouble, (laughs) and they're busy doing important things. So I can't wait until he leaves the Senate, even if it's feet first. I don't care. That's a joke. (laughs) Don't at me. Um, Also from the Daily Beast, on Wednesday we learned that Roger Stone and Jerome Corsi pushed the Seth Rich lie after privately admitting hackers or actually, the people who stole the DNC emails way back last year. Corsi told his Infowars fans that a DNC staffer named Seth Rich stole is one of stole some of those DNC emails, and then was murdered by Hillary Clinton with her bare hands in the basement of a pizza parlor in Benghazi. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was stupid. <laughs> Um, No, but he did say Seth Rich stole the emails because he was a disgruntled Bernie supporter and that HRC put a hit out on him. That was a real conspiracy theory they started, and people fucking believed it. Mm -hmm. And now there's several emails from Corsi to Stone in 2016 where Corsi said that, of course, it was the hackers who stole the emails. So Rich's parents had, had begged Corsi and his allies to stop claiming their son's unsolved murder was an assassination. But of course, he ignored them and continued with his the crackpot theory. And now there's proof that the entire thing is baseless. So, Rich's parents have filed several lawsuits. Also, in good,
4: good. That's yeah. awful for them to do that to someone grieving. Yeah,
0: it's just so disgusting yeah, and awful that, in general. And that there's people out there like Seth Rich murder. Look into that. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, you're like, oh, the Mueller. I tweet something about the Mueller case, and they be like, what about Seth Rich?
3: Yeah, I remember how is that okay so people subscribe to listen to that right there's like a monetary element info wars to some degree obviously i yeah. feel like that should be a case for fraud yeah. i don't understand yeah. because these people come out and they say they don't believe the stuff
0: that they peddle they probably cite that lawsuit that says that you can be completely fictional on news shows like an entertainment source yeah yeah okay also wednesday Trump put out new Hatch Act guidelines, even though six of his own staffers had complaints filed against them by the group called Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, or CREW, And the Office of the Special Counsel, uh, that's unrelated to Mueller's Office of the Special Counsel, agreed. So while he and his employees violate the Hatch Act all day long in favor of Trump, Trump has now put out guidance that federal government employees are not allowed to talk about impeachment of Trump or the resistance during work hours. Now, the Hatch Act has always said, that uh, government employees, we as government employees, can't advocate for or oppose people running for political office while working. So there was no reason, zero reason to specify that it can't be bad about Trump. And you may or may not know, but uh, if you're a new listener, I'm a a federal civil servant paid on the general schedule and I work for Trump's executive branch. About a year ago, uh, Trump's Office of Special Counsel, not, not the Mueller one, but the other one, uh, FOIA'd my employee records. FOIA is a Freedom of Information Act request, and the government would not tell me why. Uh, and this year, knowing I'm unable to relocate, they could be moving my job out from under me. Technically, I record the podcast after working hours, so I should be able to say whatever I want. But I do use a pseudonym, and I don't talk about which branch I work for or any specifics about it. And I don't talk about it much anymore, so I just, I don't I don't want to toe the line. But if he tries to purge me for Hatch Act violations, there's a clear pattern that he only applies them to people who speak ill of him. And he does not hold accountable those that violate the Hatch Act by speaking ill of his political opponents. And rules unfairly applied are rarely upheld in court. So watch these space beans because I'm not going down without a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, Wednesday, Trump threatened Democrats by saying he would release classified documents about them in one of his most flagrant abuses of power to date. Uh, quote, if they want to play tough, I would do it. He told the New York Post in an interview this week. uh, How is it that he hates the fake news media, but he tells them shit like this? He's just crazy. He's He's clearly scared. He's really hes just obviously scared. He should be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also this week, that super secret subpoena battle that's been going on in the D.C. District Court. It's not the Andrew Miller subpoena battle. That's a stone associate who's resisting his subpoena and then asked the court to hold him in contempt so he could argue the constitutionality of Mueller's. Um, appointment. Old news. So it's not that one, <laughs> but this is the one under seal that's running parallel with it, it's along the same timeline. So we're supposed to we were supposed to hear oral arguments in that case December 14th, but according to a new court filing, those hearings will take place in closed session. So it looks like we're not going to find out who's fighting that Mueller subpoena just yet. But based on some tweets, Credico put out this week, I no longer think it's him. Uh, he put out some really skating tweets against Trump this week. Uh, I I wish it were Trump because I, I, I really feel like. Mueller at some point has to subpoena him to answer for obstruction of justice. You have to do that interview. That can't be a written test questions, mm-hmm. you know. But I feel like that would have leaked. I mean, unless that's the one thing Trump wouldn't want leaked. Um, I
3: don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's interesting to think about it when you think of controlled leaks and if they're leaking the things they only want to and then not leaking the things that they don't want to and maybe... The fact that they're choosing to not leak something or the people that have been leaking things are choosing to not leak something is indicative of how big of a person it is. Mm. And I think that's kind of the, the, remember that article we reported on a few episodes ago about the argument that maybe it was Trump, that Trump was this person? Right. Which, uh, yeah, so that I think that was a part of the theory in there. I'd have to remind myself and go read it again. Mm-hmm. But
0: And then we had an, uh, an article from Marcy Wheeler that said, I don't think it's Trump. Because it wasn't actually that being that expeditiously pushed through the courts. It was on the same timeline as the Miller um, thing went back and forth really fast, too. And so, you know, but the Miller one was heard a, cu- a couple weeks ago, and this one is December 14th. So it's actually taking longer than, mm. than the Miller one. Uh, so I don't see that the the expeditiousness of it, or alacrity, I think is the word they <laughs> used, uh, is an issue that would make it Trump more than it would make it some house painter from Cleveland, which is what Andrew Miller is.
3: Right. I have a question. When we talk about leaks, these people that are leaking various things, we never hear the follow-through on who's getting prosecuted for the leaking. Why do you think that is? Do you think they just keep it on wraps intentionally, or it's just such low-level news compared to what's going on that we don't hear about it? Yeah, I don't... My best guess is that they don't... They haven't found out who did it. hmm You know? So... That's the best guess that I have. Well, I'm still holding out for it being Trump. I think that might be a little bit super space beans and too much wishful thinking. But if it's not him, I do think that it's someone else that's very big and consequential. Mm -hmm. I wish it was Trump.
0: (laughs) I'll say that because I'd love to see how that pans out. Mm -hmm. Legally. Yes. Yeah. And legally. Um, mm. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Watch those beans. (laughs) We'll be right back. Hey, Muller Junkies. This is A.G. With me is Jaleesa Johnson. Hey. And we got Jordan Coburn. Hey. And we want to tell you about our experience with 3rd Love. First of all, there's a perfect fitting bra for everyone, and 3rd Love knows this. So we got to go on their website, and we got to take their Fit Finder quiz. And it was amazing because they didn't just take your measurements or cup size like normal, but they asked about if you have a straps digging in or if you have spillage problems or like what your usual problems with your bras that you usually get are. And then they also ask you about your cup type, like what shape you are. And so I I just thought that the Fit Finder quiz was really super easy to use and it kind of gave me a a really great insight into you know how I've been shopping for bras wrong this whole time basically.
4: Yeah yeah I liked how they followed up with me too. They're very interactive and they make sure you have exactly what you want and you need.
3: Yeah I am wearing a bra that is not from Third Love and I'm not happy. I've got that <laughs> lippage going on you know at the top when it starts flaring out like a Melania lip. Oh um, yeah. Just a big flat duck. Yeah. Little yeah. Thing. It's not it's not good. If I took a fit, the quiz that they have I wouldn't have this problem because they ask that question specifically. Do you have that issue with your bras usually?
0: And you guys, they have the most sizes of any bra company. So they have your perfect fit. So just go on and take that Fit Finder quiz um, at thirdlove.com. They have a 100% fit guarantee. And they have a new cotton collection. It's really nice and breathable. They use Pima cotton. Uh, They really listen to their uh, customer input. And they launched this because people wanted a more breathable cotton bra. So they launched these bras. I've got one. They're absolutely fantastic. So uh, Third Love knows there's a perfect... Bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering you guys 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com/ag now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/ag for 15% off today. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. So, Trump's at the G20 summit this week, bringing that junior high dance energy mm-hmm. like only he can. Uh, He canceled his meeting with Putin before he got on the plane. And then Russia rejected his rejection. Uh, And then they weren't going to meet. But then Trump was like, I miss you. And so he sent Bolton, uh, half man, half mustache, as Julissa says, uh, over with a note that says, want to still meet? Check this box. Uh, And then they were going to meet. But then we found out Trump didn't really cancel the meeting because of the attacks on the Ukraine. And then Trump just sort of walked around all awkward and alone, like a prepubescent kid whose girlfriend ditched him at the dance. (laughs) Uh, It's so sad and embarrassing. Um, He got all pouty and then canceled his press conference and said it was because Papa Bush died. Um, Unlike other news shows, I'm not going to do a tribute on him, but he passed away. Anyhow, uh, if Trumpy gets a moment to slow dance with Pootie, I'll keep you posted.
2: I didn't shoplift the Pootie.
0: This past Thursday, Mueller got Cohen to plead guilty. Again. Uh, except this time, Mueller didn't hand it off to the Southern District of New York because this stuff falls within the purview of the scope of his investigation, uh, as outlined by the, Ro- the Rod Rosenstein memo I had mentioned earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Crimes of collusion. Back in March, we reported the minority report released uh, from the House Intelligence Committee dropped a bomb that there was a second Trump Tower being planned to be bu- built in Moscow and during the 2016 campaign. All you know, And it was very prescient because they said it was still going on well into the campaign. Um, but Cohen said, nope, we stopped talking about it in January. And Trump was like, I have no deals, no deals with Russia. None. I never talked to them. I hate them. <laughs> he didn't, you know, but whatever. Uh, we've all known since as early as March that Trump was working on a second Trump tower. We've all known this. If you've been listening to this, uh, listening to this podcast, that was not the newsy part of the Cohen, uh, guilty play that came out this week. Um, but let's take a listen to that clip. Uh, The big news in that is that there is a second Trump Tower during the Trump campaign, Mm -hmm. facilitated by Cohen and Sater, financed by VTB Bank, a sanctioned Russian bank.
3: Hmm.
0: So we're going to go into that. And where
3: was it going to pop up?
0: The Tower? Yeah. Moscow. Moscow. Okay, got it. So you remember how in 2014 when the one with Ivanka failed? Well, wait. In in 2014, uh, they were both with Ivanka. Mm. Uh, but in 2014, he was doing the Miss Pad, you know, the Miss Universe pageant right, with right. Goldstone and Agalarov. The- he was going to do the tower with Agalarov, mm-hmm. and that fell through because of the sanctions that Obama put in in 2014. Right. Well, a year and a half later, he- Sater and Cohen got together and started planning it again. Got it. Uh, with a shell company and a Russian bank sanctioned and wild tr- money. While Trump is running for president, saying America first. So. No surprise to us that Cohen was working on a Trump Tower deal with Seder and Ivanka while the 2016 election was still going on. What's news here, at least to me, is that Cohen is pleading guilty for lying to Congress about when the Trump Tower deal stopped. And we all kind of figured that no one was ever going to get in trouble for lying to Congress. Um, I mean, think about how many people have, have lied to Congress so far. We've got Sessions and Junior and Kushner and Kavanaugh, like, so many people have lied to Congress, and we just figured that that rule had no teeth, and they were just
3: kind of let it fly.
4: Yeah, yeah. When Sessions perjured himself and nothing happened, I was like, "Oh, you
3: mean the highest l- lawyer of the land can get away with it?" Okay, cool. You yeah. know. Yeah, it's yeah. very surprising to me that there's no precedent set for forwarding on those cases. But as I will talk on my hot note, uh, I think that's about to change this year. Yes,
0: I'm excited for that hot note too. Um, anyway, Cohen's pleading guilty to this one count, which means he's got all there. He's got a lot more he can offer Mueller um and he they said that he went 7 times it's like 70 hours of testimony uh and he didn't sign a traditional plea deal it's more like a non-binding well not non-binding but I'm telling you everything I'll mm-hmm. plead to what you want me to plead to we don't have to sign a traditional plea agreement and usually people do that because it it makes them look like a hero more of a hero than a guilty person mm-hmm. so that it could have been an optics thing or I'm, I'm sure Mueller would have had to sign off on why mm-hmm. he wouldn't if he wanted to give a real solid plea agreement in there he would have made it happen but he didn't so it's interesting
3: yeah cohen definitely is taking that road though i think of trying to be heroic and all of this for sure he says some stuff that no one's asking him to say
0: <laughs> yeah no you're <laughs> he talks right
3: about you know Oh, how, how down Trump is going and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a pretty quick 180.
0: Yeah. And he's got a lot on him. And this time it's not about money or porn stars or tax evasion. It's about mm-hmm. Russia.
3: Exactly. You
4: know, what's funny. He said he would take a bullet for Trump and now he's the one that's like shooting off all me. He- <laughs>
3: now total. he's
0: pew, 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 freedom fast. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what it's amazing to me, call me naive, but I thought lawyers were supposed to help you not commit crimes. <laughs> <laughs> but he all just, of his lawyers he hires to help him commit they're crimes. They're fixers. Yeah fixers oh, yeah. yeah they're not only they fixers they're setting shit up and doing it for them mm-hmm. and making it possible they're fixing it yeah lawyers <laughs> well, are a very broad term i've learned this year yeah. yeah yeah and so i'm i'm not sure
0: where i put cohen yet i i don't i don't know where i put him yet on the spectrum from mm-hmm. a hold to hero do you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying yeah like avenatti sort of yeah not as much but yeah 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 so I, they're both definitely douchebags yeah yeah
4: mm-hmm. but one's probably more heroic than the other for sure
0: yeah Joining us today to give us his perspective on Cohen's sentencing submission is former federal prosecutor, host of the On Topic podcast, and regular contributor to CNN and MSW. Please welcome back Renato Mariotti. Renato, welcome back.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. We love having you on here. Your perspectives are so insightful. And I read your analysis of that sentencing document on Twitter, and I was hoping you could share your thoughts on what this document tells us.
2: Sure. I think you know the most important thing that we can glean from it uh, is some of the details that Cohen uh, and his, his attorneys provided regarding um, the involvement of Trump's attorneys and White House staff in the crafting of his statements to Congress, which ultimately ended up being false and uh, you know, were the subject of his his recent guilty play. What they said in the submission uh, was that, um, you know, Cohen had um, been in regular consultation with uh, Trump's attorneys and White House staff as he was crafting that statement. Uh, You know, what the the clear implication is, I think, is that um, they knew that his testimony was false. Uh, and they, at the very least, didn't correct the record um, and, you know, potentially um, approved or uh, or condoned him lying to Congress in some way.
0: Yeah, I, that was what was the most shocking to me, at least um, there, there were a lot of shocking details in here. But that one was is one that stood out, because um, also late Thursday, we got word that Cohen had kept Trump apprised of his communications about the Trump Tower Moscow deal. Uh, including uh, lengthy and substantive conversations with a personal assistant to a, to a top Kremlin official as late as June 2016. So I was wondering if, if you think those communications fit into that timeline of the Trump Tower meeting with Veselnitskaya, if you think they're connected at all? Because I feel like people are hinting that they are.
2: Well, you know, it, uh, to me, it's it's hard to tell. I will say, you know, it's part of Sort of an overall picture that many people have had in mind ever since they read that dossier um, you know, many, many months ago in which uh, you know, I think the dossier talked about um, Trump getting benefits in the form of uh, dirt on his opponents from the Russians uh, and that he was also trying to pursue business deals. Uh, you know, frankly, uh, you know, those two episodes appear consistent with that. I think, you know, from a legal perspective, you know, there's there's more problems with the Trump Tower meeting than there are with the fact that Trump Tower was, um, you know, the Trump Tower Moscow project was continuing into 2016. But obviously, uh, that latter that latter issue, is obviously has implications for our democracy and and our country.
0: Yeah, agreed. And then I've got a legal question for you, because we got some news also saying that Trump had signaled he would pardon Cohen if he stayed on message about the playmate payoffs. Um, Wouldn't that fall? Would that fall under witness tampering or obstruction of justice? Do you know or do we still just not have enough facts about it to to know?
2: The strong the, the the. The short answer is that a case like that has never ha- has never come up before where someone was dangling a pardon uh, to someone in exchange for them uh, offering false testimony. It would appear to be um, consistent, excuse me, It would appear to be consistent with. Uh, something like witness tampering, where, for example, if you were offering someone some other benefit, right, money or a house or a car or something like that in exchange for them to uh, give, you know, false testimony or or undermine an investigation in some way, that would clearly be a crime. the The issue here is that the pardon power is very, very broad under the Constitution, um, but here, you know, here, of course it's not the exercise of the pardon power that would be the issue. It would be offering it in exchange for potential wrongdoing.
0: Yeah, well, it seems like, I mean, just even just asking someone to change their testimony like Manafort did um, when he was out out on bail, that seems to me to be witness tampering. So adding something in it, in exchange for that, kind of seems like bribery to me. But yeah, the the, the pardon power is so broad. I'm just, I'm, I'm really interested to see how that pans out, if there's a charge, if it's brought, you know, it, it, depending on how this whole thing shakes out, it may even never go to court. But I'm, I'm really interested to see how that would, how that would work out.
2: Yeah, I will say that, uh, you know, the main issue for a lot of this is how do you prove it? Okay, and that's really you know some you know a lot of the recent news that we've heard, for example, the shenanigans between Manafort's attorneys and Trump's attorneys, um, the 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 issue that was hinted at in this uh, document that we're talking about now, you know, regarding you know what did White House staff or Trump lawyers tell Cohen and what didn't they tell Cohen, you know, all that can be very challenging to prove. And I think this, the issues here with pardons are similar. And, you know, a lot of these conversations probably aren't written down. There may have been a lot of winking and nodding that was done. And unless you have somebody who's part of those conversations, who's willing to testify, um, you know, about their, you know, and, and really take responsibility and say, this is, yeah, of course, it was understood that someone was going to lie. Yes, of course it was understood that this vague talk of pardons really was meant to be an exchange for something. It can be hard to prove. And I think you know that that is really, you know, the issue that you run into with a lot of this stuff because it is unprecedented. And from reading the Cohen document, the picture I think we receive from that is that Cohen was reading the stuff in the newspapers about potential pardons, about the lies that the president was telling. And he knew that he was supposed to stay on message. He knew he was supposed to lie. He knew he was supposed to be, you know, uh, doing what the president wanted if he wanted a pardon. But, you know, he does not allege specific quid pro quo type conversations.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It is definitely very hard to prove. And regardless of whether they talked about or dangled pardons for, you know, covering up or staying on message about paying off the playmates, the crimes underneath the paying off. Of the playmates is still there, uh, whether you decided whether you decided to talk about it or not. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, Renato, it's been really great having you on. Everybody, check out your uh, what can where where can we find your podcast?
2: Sure, uh, it's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, all of the major podcast apps. On topic with Renato Mariani.
0: Awesome, it's been great talking to you again. Everybody, thank you, thank you for joining us. Anytime. So since Cohen pleaded for lying to Congress, it only makes sense to me that Mueller is now looking into Ivanka and Jr. for their roles in the Trump Tower deal. And I was wondering, why is Mueller looking so hard into this Trump Tower Moscow deal? It's not illegal to build a Moscow Trump Tower. It's not illegal to lie to the American people about it. And it's not really within his purview of Russia interference, right? Mm -hmm. But it makes sense, though, that he could use the fact that Ivanka and Jr. lied to Congress about it to get them to flip as well. Um, in the fallout of the Cohen plea deal, everyone was wondering if Whitaker had approved that move. But according to Michael Schmidt of the New York Times, it seems Rosenstein is still overseeing the Mueller investigation. And yeah, everyone is here like, yeah, doing fist pumps. Like it's, <laughs> uh, you can't see that. But according to the Washington Post, Whitaker was notified of the Cohen plea deal, but he was not asked permission. He was just told, we're doing this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had said that I'd be willing to bet, and these were beans. That Mueller wasn't going to fuck with Whitaker. (laughs) He was just going to go around him and keep acting as though Rosenstein were still overseeing the probe because Whitaker was installed unconstitutionally. So now Mueller is kind of daring Whitaker. And this is, again, total conjecture. I have heard no reports of this. But it it feels like Mueller's daring Whitaker to raise a stink about it. Like, sue me, bro. Take me to court. Mm -hmm. File a complaint. I fucking dare you.
3: Yeah. Pats him on the head. That's cute, dude. It's yeah. mm-hmm. a little first day of school outfit. Yeah. Just
0: Like, you know, when your older sibling would hold your head and you'd be swinging and they you couldn't reach because your arms weren't long enough? That's what's happening. That's a perfect description right there. And Whitaker knows he'll lose that battle. It, you know, this is all conjecture, but it certainly makes sense in light of this week's reporting on the Cohen deal that Whitaker was notified, not asked Mm -hmm. and it it didn't require his approval
3: if he has any ounce of self-awareness too he'll know that putting himself on the map in front of a special prosecutor is probably not the best idea because he's got his own sketchy past exactly i think he's
4: learning with all the evidence he has access to now that he's like oh crap they were right you know (laughs) like he doesn't want
0: to be the guy to fall on that hill yeah and so think about all the people who've turned trump down for a job you want to know why (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's why (laughs) um yeah suck it on your masculine toilet (laughs) um the buzzfeed news uh they dropped a bomb of a story saying that putin was promised the 50 million dollar penthouse in the moscow trump tower and Sater had said it was for marketing purposes meaning it would be way easy to sell condos in russia if putin lived in the building um this alone makes trump compromise just this yeah Uh, and that's what joyce vance had said when she reminded us that trump lied to the american people when he said that he had no business dealings going on with russia Uh, when he had actually signed a letter of intent and was actively working to build in Moscow. And while lying to the American public, like I said, is not a crime, Putin knew he was lying to the American public, immediately giving him leverage over the president of the United States. And we had emphasized this last July when Schiff told us about, about this in the House Intelligence Committee's minority report on Russian interference. We had said that. We was like, he's totally compromised now.
3: Yeah. And not only is he compromised just by the fact that Putin knows he's not telling the truth. There's everything that lies below the reason why he's not telling the truth. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Because what kind of squid pro crow was going on there? Mm-hmm. Uh, new, new listeners, squid pro crow is what we say instead of squid pro uh,
4: quid quid pro quo yeah Yeah. jordan you just said it by accident one time or was it intentionally when you said that one
3: Uh, it was definitely by accident (laughs) but i will admit it's significantly easier for me to remember things with two animals in it
0: yes and so (laughs) and it's really hard now for me to say quid pro quo yeah Yeah. it's squid pro crow Mm -hmm. and somebody drew us a little squid pro crow yeah it was a squid holding a sign that said um black crows matter yeah because he's pro crow (laughs) Anyway, it was like fantastic.
3: Mnemonic m- 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 devices for law students. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: From now on, squid pro-crow. <laughs> um, anyway, also Thursday, guys, Deutsche Bank was raided in a probe stemming from the Panama Papers. Panama Papers. So just a note, Justice Kennedy's son worked for them. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of connection between Kennedy's retirement and Kavanaugh's... Mm-hmm. Bargain, Mm -hmm. uh, grounded in Deutsche Bank, being the only financial institution willing to give Trump any money after his multiple bankruptcies. Total conjecture, super beans. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that same day, the Alderman and Burke offices were closed and they put brown paper up over the windows and they shuttered the whole thing. Alderman and Burke worked on their tax attorneys, worked on Trump's taxes for 12 years until a letter was issued by the firm last month announcing that they were breaking up with the Trumps. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) And now they've been shuttered. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but I it, it's fun. That's yeah. mysterious. Uh, Friday, we learned that Amy Berman, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, set Manafort's sentencing date for March 5th. But Weiselberg from Mueller's office said they'd be ready to hand over the sentencing report December 7th, a day that will go down. I can't compare those two things, <laughs> but I'll I'll be speaking to the implications of that of that deadline uh, later on in the show. So we'll be right back. Mm. Hey, Muller Junkies, this is A.G., and uh, myself and Julissa and Jordan just had the wonderful experience of going on to the Scentbird website. That's Scent, S-C-E-N-T, bird.com and we got to pick out a couple of fragrances we subscribed and it was so easy and it's awesome and here's why there's so many things there's so many things that are awesome about this because normally what happens is I go in to the store and I buy a giant bottle of perfume it's nine million dollars and then I have that one perfume all the time and it, it takes me a long time to use it and I'm married to that smell that scent right but I have like a lot of different moods that I run around in you know like daytime nighttime going to do shows going on tour going to stay at home and do nothing, but I still want to smell nice. And now I get these little subscription uh, scents uh, that, that, you know, I can take on the go and and use and wear different scents. as My mood suits me. What do do? I mean, I, and the, they're all designer brands. They have like 400 designer brands like Gucci and Prada and Dolce and & Gabbana. I know that these are all really expensive, but you can just subscribe to this service and get these little... And they're pretty, too. You guys got some.
3: They are, yeah. I like how they look, and I like how they smell, and it's like you get to quadruple your gamut of expensive perfumes and mm-hmm. nice perfumes like in an instant, and you get all these things you didn't have before at a way better price than if you were to buy bottles of each of those individually.
4: Yeah, and it's so easy to carry. It's like a little lipstick container, Yeah. And I just put it in my pocket, and I take it everywhere, and I smell so much better than usual.
3: Yeah, because <laughs> they send
0: you a 30-day supply. That's 120 sprays, and that, goes, that lasts a, a nice long time, but it's not... Not like that giant bottle that you have in your cabinet that you will never use and it's the only the one thing that you have so everybody um with this exclusive offer you get to go and get 50 percent off your first month that's only seven dollars and 50 cents for your first scent so go to scentbird.com slash ag and use my code ag at checkout for 50 percent off your first month that's s-c-e-n-t bird.com slash ag sign on smell amazing you'll be glad you did All right, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today, Jordan is going to update us on her ex-boyfriend, Nunez. Uh, for our new listeners, for a really long time, um, we were joking around and we all had terrible boyfriends assigned to us.
3: Yeah, I mean, you make one comment about how someone's objectively not awful looking and you're just <laughs> fucked.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially in this group. So, yeah. But they broke up, so um, it's your ex-boyfriend now. Um, And uh, I, I think I was the only one that didn't get stuck with a crappy boyfriend. I had like McCabe and Comey and Muller. Yeah,
3: because you're the executive producer. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it works. We get the table scraps. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> the beta bitches' boyfriends. <laughs> triple B. Yeah. It's
0: not just the Better Business Bureau anymore. Oh, it's not. Oh, it is better
3: business for you. <laughs> oh. Nice.
0: <laughs> so you're going to go over the Nunes stuff and his shenanigans. But first, Julisa, you have some amazing details about an interview Trump gave to the Washington Post. What I, do you
4: have? I do. And amazing is the word for it. So <laughs> I'm amazed. Uh, on Tuesday, Trump sat down for an interview with WAPO. And for some reason, it took two whole journalists to do this interview. I guess when one became too overwhelmed with nonsense, they would just tag team in the other. Yeah. Brave men. So their names are <laughs> Philip Rucker and Josh Dossie. And I think they actually did a really good job. They seem to ask all the right questions. It's not their fault they were talking to the world's or America's dumbest president. Uh, it was like they were talking to like a racist wall. Like he yeah. just he wasn't giving them anything. Um, I guess Trump also builds emotional walls. So the interview covered the war in Afghanistan, Paul Manafort, the Mexican border wall, climate change, the stock market, Saudi Arabia, Putin, and Matthew fucking Whitaker. So it covered all the hits. And at first Trump requested to speak off the record for most of his responses, but then he started to warm up. So when they asked Trump what he was willing to quote, take from Mitch McConnell to end the immigration fight, Trump said, it's not a question to take or of to take from McConnell. McConnell is a friend of mine. We get along great. And then he went on this unrelated rant about the Mississippi race that just happened, which ended with, I know one thing for sure. If she loses, I'll be blamed. If she wins, I'll be given no credit. That's the only thing I know. But anyways, you guys want something to drink? So he was really weird and random. I'm guessing that was probably polonium tea he was offering. So (laughs) then when Trump was asked about climate change, he said, One of the problems that a lot of people like myself, we have very high levels of intelligence, but we're not necessarily such believers just like that word for word he said you look at our air and our water and it's right now at a record clean but when you look at china and you look at parts of asia and when you look at south america and when you look at many other places in this world including russia including just many other places the air is incredibly dirty
3: i like how he fails to mention flint
4: yeah of all the places right just right here so basically he's a bumbling idiot and on the topic of california fires trump doubled down on his raking theory saying you go to other places where they have denser trees it's more dense where the trees are more flammable they don't have forest fires like this because they maintain you need forest management and they don't have it he's like a stupid Smokey the bear right <laughs> like i'll tell
0: you where the dense happens mm-hmm. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you no don't, really you don't believe in science trump don't try to talk about it exactly
4: but he tries so hard <laughs> and as far as the economy and the closing of the gm factory he said my gut tells me more sometimes than anybody else's brain can ever tell me
3: which well, I think what? he
0: epitomizes Trump, right? That's the quote that should be on his tombstone. He He's, always says that, too. Like, I, my generals are stupid. I know more than my generals. Mm-hmm. Like, I know more well, than no all. These. said
3: genitals. It's yeah. like, yeah, wow, that's so truthful and So Trump, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It just,
4: that sums it up. He said, my gut tells me more sometimes, sometimes than anybody else's brain can. Okay. Because
3: telepathy is not a real thing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) On the
4: topic of Saudi Arabia, Trump basically said, I'm going to keep taking Saudi Arabia's blood money because if I don't, somebody else like China or Russia will take it instead. That's paraphrasing, of course. And regarding Putin attacking Ukraine, Trump momentarily disavowed it and then immediately pivoted towards NATO for some reason. And finally, when he was asked about Matthew fucking Whitaker... Trump said, we don't talk very much. I mean, I haven't spoken to Matt very much. I put him there, but we speak really very little. The Mueller investigation is what it is. It just goes on and on and on. <laughs> what an interesting ending there. It is what it is. It, is it sounds what like it a is. song. Yeah. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it just goes
0: on and on We and need on. a song,
4: yeah. Yeah, I like it. Our theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, he really didn't have much... Um, many cohesive thoughts in this interview, but uh, I guess we learned some interesting things. I mean, in terms of, um, Jesus, I don't know, though. The whole comment that really struck me was the the gut thing, but I guess that's nothing to learn. It's just, he, we learn that Trump repeats himself all the time. Basically, we learn that he doesn't have a broad vocabulary. Um, he, he just... Interviews are not a good idea for him. They're entertaining for us, but every time he has one, it just gets more and more disturbing. Well,
0: it's interesting that he sat down with Washington Post. I mean, that's owned by uh, Bezos, right, who mm-hmm. he hates, who also owns Amazon, and he was trying to get the Postal Service to you know, uphit their shipping costs, which is, again, an abuse of power. Mm-hmm. Um, but he press- pressured the uh, Postmaster General to do that. That was yeah. We reported on that a couple months ago, so i don't get why he sat down he's like i'll oh, just fake news but i'll have an interview
4: yeah i wonder maybe he sh- this was before the the cohen situation dropped too so i wonder if maybe he was like oh everything's fine right and then suddenly he's like i shouldn't have done that
0: yeah and then at the christmas tree lighting he looks down at his phone flips out leaves leaves yeah. the press co- leaves <laughs> the whole press corps there um that had to have been that cohen stuff absolutely or corsi- i don't know yeah so to- this
4: was the calm before the storm here yeah, yeah. totally
3: I well, to go, guys. Well, uh-huh. Jury calls. <laughs>
4: <laughs> jury calls. That's
3: great. <laughs> what an idiot, that
0: guy. Fuck. Uh, I know, I know. All right, well, what's up in Nunez land?
3: Yeah, so Nunes and just the House Intelligence Committee in general, at least the GOP leadership there, is in a bit of trouble now because... Interesting. This is irresponsible piggybacking journalism because I totally forgot what news agency put this out, but it's not a major one. So I'll find it and we can tweet about it. I'll put it in the (laughs) newsletter or something. But they had this great explanation of how they screwed themselves over so much because when they were conducting all of their investigations and questioning all of their witnesses... They were trying to aid and abet Trump in his efforts to conceal his crimes, and so they were encouraging their witnesses, essentially, to answer questions in a way that would cover up for Donald Trump, which now we know in hindsight is certifiably lies, and now they're in a position where leadership is switched over, as we know, and now they're basically... They they dug themselves a nice hole that the Democrats get to come in and start referring all of these lying instances to Mueller.
0: They knew this was coming. They knew that, it, that you know, maybe they didn't know how badly they were going to get their asses kicked, but they knew that they were going to lose the House. So it's amazing to me that and I don't know that they actually went to these guys and encouraged them to lie. But what I think what they certainly did was as they'd ask questions and then ask no follow up questions. Mm-hmm. Right. And well, right? the
3: questioning was very leading. Yeah. To, exactly. Yeah. Leading right to the explanations that Trump has been given mm-hmm. and, or has been giving, I should say. And Nunes. So Swalwell, our boy Swals, he he's <laughs> he went on national television and called Nunes out saying that he knows That Nunez is holding the transcripts of these interviews in an attempt to slow down the process of these people becoming, you know, a reminder. I guess, yeah, a a reminder to to their their committee, their newly uh, elected leadership. And the way I can expect, what's interesting is that it's unprecedented to refer like we talked about, to refer cases of perjury and lying under oath to Congress to a special prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind why that is a precedent. I don't understand why <laughs> it's not a thing to do that. But now, especially after what happened with Cohen and that it came out that he's lied to both House and Senate committees. Demol and Dan. Right. That Yeah,
0: well, it seems like he's charging, Mueller's charging people with stuff that you don't normally charge people with, but are laws. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like one of, and we'll find out when Flynn gets sentenced, um, that I think Flynn's going to be charged with violating the Logan Act, which hasn't been fucking charged on anybody for, you know, 100 years. But I think that was maybe one of the things where he's like, plead guilty to the Logan Act and I'll, you know, we'll set you up, but you got to right. tell me everything. Like, I feel like that's something he would do. Yeah. Uh, because I, m- I remember we talked about McGahn, the White House counsel, Googling the Logan, A- Logan Act <laughs> and Googling what the, co- you know, the consequences for lying to Congress are when Sally Yates came to the White House and told him, uh, you know, your boy Flynn, uh, not yeah. really forthcoming to the FBI. Uh, and then she was you know, mysteriously fired. Hmm. Oh, I
4: wonder right. why. Hmm.
0: You know what I like about that segment with Swall coming
4: out is that now I thought of a new phrase for him Swalls to the wall.
3: Oh.
4: <laughs> I like it. Skeet, key. Yeah, when he comes out and he comes swinging. Swalls to the wall. Yeah. The windows to the swalls. Yeah.
3: yeah. 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 From the windows to the swalls. The there's no windows in jail. <laughs> in jail. <laughs> Drop down, my.
4: it does not work that way. <laughs> Yeah. Let's not talk okay. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
3: Too white bo- Yeah. yeah too not... too white for rapping. That <laughs> that's is fair. for me. For that's me. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. Myself yeah. included. <laughs> <I know>. um, <laughs>
0: Although I'm dropping my mixtape this week, so oh, that's exciting. Uh, M-C-A-G.
3: Mm-hmm. M-C-A-G. I love my it. My boyfriend did say the first time he met you, you were rapping in a parking lot
4: which yeah yeah i heard the same story from my other friend yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's infamous or famous i guess yeah yeah
3: i can freestyle pretty well hell yeah <laughs> we'll have to do that as a mini so to become a patron uh, so <laughs> you don't want to hear my laugh i actually really do <laughs> so, so pretty much yeah what's happening in the house now is they they sowed their own seeds of destruction by leading these uh testa- uh testimonies into perjury basically and now that's That's what's going on in the House. What's going on in the Senate, which, as we still know, is under Republican leadership, they are now, their hand has been forced now because of what's come out about Cohen. So they are saying that, not even Cohen specifically, they actually said they didn't refer the case to Cohen or to Mueller. Mueller came to them and said, Give us what you got, basically. And then, no issues. They just handed it right over to Mueller. Mm -hmm. But what they did say that they're doing is. They're beginning to go through and refer those cases of perjury to Mueller, and they yeah. So that's that's very nice that they're doing that.
0: I've and, always said that the Senate co- committees are way more trustworthy than the House committees. Yeah, uh, under Republican leadership. You have to say that. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, and I like this quote from. Uh, Richard Burr, he's a chairman of that committee He says we have made referrals from our committee To the special counsel for prosecution In a lot of those cases Those might be tied to lying to us Those might be Hmm. (laughs) In a lot of cases they might be tied to lying to us Which I think means a lot of them Are tied to lying to them And then he Mm -hmm. also uh, has has a great Quote in here talking about um, He says we're certainly not scared To refer something that we believe is criminal And lying to congress is right at the top of that good my message mm-hmm. was if you lie to us we're going to catch you and we're going to prosecute you p- prosecute you <laughs> prosecute sounds yeah, interesting I mean, that yeah that's such a good quote and i fucked it up <laughs> and we're going to prosecute you period end of sentence in case you didn't know what a period was oh uh, did he say end of that's sentence. that's what he said yeah he says end of sentence period end of sentence period. Full stop. End of sentence. Full that's stop. all she's wrote lady sings. yeah so i love that that's great yeah it gives me a lot of faith I mean, like I said, their hand has totally been pushed. It's like, what are you going to do? Run from the fact that Cohen has very publicly said that he lied? It's like, yeah. And are you you going to withhold
0: documents from special counsel? Exactly.
3: Mm. And if they're doing it to Cohen, then they've got to go through and do it to the other people that they've talked to. They've talked to over 200 people, by the (gasps) way, since January 2017. I did not know that. Yeah. Over 200. Jesus, God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So that's pretty. <laughs> this is so fun. Yeah. And is Burr so is the guy fun. who said Burr is the guy who said that it's going to take them at least six months to write up their report. Wow. And so this isn't I mean, this is going to keep going for a while, well into 2019, at mm-hmm. least on the Senate uh, Judiciary and Intel side. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that comes out.
3: Yeah. So the House and the Senate, even though they're under <clears throat> different leadership, I think they're coming together on this. They're going to start taking people uh, down the path of justice as they should have been, which will be very satisfying for all of us that have i mean we have perjury right in the intro to our podcast yeah jeff sessions all these people they got to start being held accountable absolutely you know? it's been
4: a long time um
3: yep, yep. and then uh i want to end this because i love i love adam schiff he said uh he specifically calls out roger stone saying that uh trump advisor roger stone is someone who has said many answers that are far from truthful mm. to mm-hmm. us which is nice i like that yeah well that'll come out, so out we in the stone indictments
0: to too i think Mm-hmm. um yeah, and, yeah. and and right now as we speak Mueller could be pressuring stone to flip too yeah uh, and and but but mm-hmm. i as far as i know stone hasn't talked to the, to the grand jury stone's a pure target um and yeah. and and he might not be interested in getting him to flip
3: yeah far from the truth as far as the north pole he lives oh in. yeah it's
0: like operating outside the law
4: again those phrases far yeah. from the yeah. truth yeah very far <laughs>
3: All right, so as it
0: turns out, I want to talk about Manafort because Cohen was not the money shot this week, um, even though I'm sure he thinks he is. Anyhow, last week I put some beans on a major prediction saying that the Mueller order of operations was that first Trump would have to turn in his answers, then Mueller could indict Stone, and then we would get a Manafort sentencing document on Monday. And I told everyone that Mueller may not spell out Manafort's crimes on Monday and that he may just say, quote, We recommend move moving to sentencing, basically, without saying anything about the crimes because he could need more time or because Whitaker might block the indictments. Well, that's pretty much how it went down. Mueller asked for 10 more days in the Manafort case saying that um, if the court would just wait, he would be able to give them better and more complete information about his cooperation. And he did that on the 16th, and he moved it back to the 26th, which was this past Monday. And then Monday, we all thought Mueller was either going to indict Stone and all of his collaborators and then outline all of Manafort's crimes. Something, but something really strange happened. Um, Mueller did in fact tell the court that we should just move to sentencing and he did not outline all of Manafort's crimes even though he now has Trump's answers about collusion and could indict Stone and the rest. But um, not only did Mueller and Manafort's lawyers recommend they move to sentencing, but he also told the world that uh, Manafort was backing out of his plea deal Uh, He blew it up. It turns out that not only did Mueller need more time to prepare the Stone indictments, but um, likely because, I don't know, Corsi also blew up his plea deal, but that the 10-day delay was to actually give Manafort one last chance to not ruin his whole entire life. Uh, We knew from reporting a couple weeks ago that Manafort, um, the Manafort talks were breaking down. Thanks to ABC, who reported that the Manafort plea deal was in jeopardy. So we really should have seen this coming, especially knowing that, A, Manafort probably never intended to cooperate and only did so to share information with the Trump legal team and avoid himself and his family being an enemy of the Kremlin, and B, that Manafort is a huge piece of shit. But uh, in my opinion, Mueller never needed Manafort because he had destroyed his credibility as a witness already by obstructing justice when he suborned a witness causing Amy Berman, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, to revoke his bail. So his cooperation was likely only meant to give special potential, special counsel potential leads in the case. Um, given that the jury in the Virginia trial didn't believe Gates, there's no way any prosecutors in this case were going to rely on Manafort as a credible witness anyway. So I'm sure Mueller had no problem let, like cutting him loose and telling Manafort to kick rocks and just recommend that the court throw his ass in jail basically go right to sentencing but not only will he be sentenced for the crimes he's already pleaded guilty to he could face new charges including the 10 felonies that were dismissed without prejudice by crazy ass honey badger judge ellis from his first trial but also new crimes we haven't seen yet because Mueller was keeping his collusion cards close to his chest right if you all remember one of my biggest hills of beans that uh i've been you know theorizing on for a long time was that by cooperating, Manafort was avoiding being charged with superseding indictments for crimes of collusion. And since the spring, I've been tracking all the clues that Manafort was facing additional charges. And in episode 23, way back in the spring, I laid them all out. The first clue was Mueller's filing uh, that included the redacted Rosenstein memo outlining the scope of the investigation. We saw that for the first time in the spring. And it said that Manafort could be invested for, or investigated for crimes of collusion. Then there was the Manafort minute order filed by Judge Jackson if you're nasty, stating that Manafort was challenging the appointment of Mueller and was seeking relief from current and future crimes. And then there was the Manafort warrants, um, from that friendly no knock four A.M. raid that uh showed that five of his mobile phones were seized in March, indicating that not only was he still under investigation for uh, you know, future crimes, but uh, and that's like beyond the money laundering and tax fraud charges he was already facing. But the Mueller was tracking his movements um, by investigating those cell phones, which could have included corroborating the public reporting of Manafort's meetings with Kalimnik, for example. Um, then there was the Mueller filing reminding everyone that Van der wa- uh was under a FOIA waiver because he had sensitive information about open and ongoing investigations involving Manafort. And then finally, there was the time the judge ruled that Manafort warrants could, or sorry, they would have to remain redacted because they contained, quote, information that's not part of the current prosecutions involving Manafort, unquote. And now now that I think about it, actually, I I can't help but wonder if Manafort was trying to release those warrants to the public so he could communicate that information to the Trump legal team, Uh, much like Corsi has released his draft plea agreement to the press in what I believe is an effort to signal Trump that he'd kept his story straight and to please pardon him. Um, especially in light of the reporting that came out this week that his lawyers were in communication with Trump's lawyers, Manafort's lawyers were, after he signed his plea agreement. Um, After all, they remained in the joint defense agreement, which we all thought was really strange at the time. If you recall, we had talked about the joint defense agreement because dissolving it seemed to be the clue, the big clue that someone was flipping. And so we were, you know, they were talking about Manafort being in talks about a plea agreement, and we were waiting for that dissolution of the joint defense agreement that's how we knew Gates and Cohen and Flynn were going to flip because right before the news dropped on them it was publicly reported that each of them had backed out of their joint defense agreements with the Trump's legal team and it's it's not illegal to remain in one but it does present um, ethical and licensure problems for the lawyers if they continue to communicate with somebody they're ratting out Uh, not to mention but I think that's why Trump leaked his own answers Uh, to Mueller's written questions on collusion so he could signal to Manafort, Stone, and Corsi and everyone what he had told Mueller so that they could all make sure they kept their story straight and were singing off the same sheet of music. Um, And that proves that there was conspiracy to lie to special counsel. Um, But that's incredibly hard to prove, as uh, Renato was telling us earlier. But proving obstruction and witness tampering doesn't belittle the underlying crimes, meaning that regardless. Uh, of whether or not Mueller has proof they all worked together to lie to prosecutors, they all still violated U.S. Code 18, Section 371 in their attempt to collude with Russia to fix the election. So the underlying crimes are still there. And now we know that you don't have to complete the crimes or even be aware of them in order to be found guilty of conspiracy because of the ruling in the Concord management case that I mentioned earlier. Um, Of course, Trump did come out this week and say he's not taking a pardon off the table, so it might... Not actually be that hard for Mueller to prove corrupt intent in these obstruction charges. Uh, But either way, the audacity is amazing. I mean, at least Nixon tried to hide his crimes. But uh, here we have an administration publicly announcing that they're dangling pardons and sharing their testimony with the public so everyone involved can know what they're supposed to say to Mueller. Um, There's another theory out there that Mueller pushed back the Stone indictments because he was waiting for the final Mississippi Senate race to be finished. Um, thereby honoring that unwritten Justice Department policy, prohibiting movement on the investigation until after the election or so as not to interfere publicly with an election or influence it at all. Um, We learned this past Friday that Manafort will be sentenced on March 5th, but that the sentencing report outlining all of his crimes and lies, quote-unquote, that's what it said in the document, will happen on December 7th. So that sets the countdown clock for us. By December 7th, all indictments that touch Manafort will be unsealed, including his own superseding indictments and the felonies committed by Stone, Assange, Corsi, WikiLeaks, Boyle, et al., all those guys, or in order to avoid making public all the criminal conspiracies involving Manafort and Stone, Mueller could file that December 7th Manafort sentencing report under seal. So while Cohen pleading guilty and avoiding a traditional plea agreement to seem more like a hero and less like a giant piece of shit, that is big news, but We've been following superseding indictments on Manafort for crimes of collusion all year, and that could be spelled out for us on or by December 7th.
3: Yeah. Also, if I may add this little thing I've been thinking about, as we're getting closer and closer to people actually getting sentenced and more and more people are getting sentenced, I think preemptively I'm trying to prepare myself for the letdown that is I don't think I'm going to feel a huge catharsis when these people are sentenced because the reality is what they've done is already done Mm -hmm. and that damage is here and it's still affecting our democracy and we don't even, like, talking about the nuclear reactors, there's so many different things that have such sweeping implications and especially people like Manafort who were just basically going as far as they could until they just get put in jail and that's a safe place for them. It's like, I don't think it's going to be very cathartic aside from the fact that Justice is you know being given served. it's it's, it's, it's not right. at all like closing up any sort of you know it's not closure really yeah,
0: you know, the hope for me is that the rest of the world uh uh is not judging the American people f- for the actions of this guy, and that they're kind of like waiting, they're like, we're just gonna have to wait this shit out, yeah, and then we can go back to all being have our allies be our allies and our adversaries be our adversaries and right there's nothing wrong with diplomacy but uh collusion and conspiracy and money laundering and the grand bargain as Seth Abramson calls it. Uh, if you go, if you don't follow Seth Abramson you should you should follow him on Twitter. His his threads are incredible and he's got that new book Proof of Collusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we're, we're going to see what's happening we're we're going to see what happens really <laughs> soon. Um even if it's even if it's more hurry up and wait, so.
4: Or new laws. I do hope that we get new laws out of this that might put if you bridge that gap you're talking
0: about. Jordan. Yeah, that happened yeah. at Watergate where we we started restricting the executive power mm-hmm. uh, and i think that that will definitely happen uh, especially when we take back the senate yeah in 2020 good yeah. point all right guys we'll be right back hey muller junkies it's time for the 12 days of muller Each day, we'll be tweeting and Instagramming discount codes for items in our online store like mugs, tumblers, and t-shirts and hoodies. They all make great gifts. So head to MullerSheWrote.com and click on shop and find the discount code on Instagram and Twitter at MullerSheWrote. Please keep in mind that you need to order by December 8th to get delivery guaranteed by Christmas in the United States. And you can give us the best gift of all by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and leaving us a rating. Thanks so much for supporting women in media and women in podcasting. All right, it's time for the Fantasy Indictment League. Yeah. Oh my God, you guys, there's just not enough spots on the team for all the indictments that are coming. I think. Conjecture. (laughs) Uh, If you had Cohen on your team this week, you get points for that. Good job. Uh, You can play by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash wrote, and then joining our Friends of Justice Facebook page. Uh, I took Cohen off my team last week because I stacked my roster with Stone Associates because I was so sure those indictments were going to drop ahead of the Manafort hearing. But he just pushed it back and blew up his plea deal. Fucked up my life. Manafort, (laughs) mm, you get what you deserve. Yeah, you're the victim here. (laughs) (laughs) I am. Uh, And I want to keep as many of those guys on my team this week. But in light of the Manafort deal blowing up, I have to draft Manafort again for superseding indictments. Uh, and those 10 charges that Ellis dismissed without prejudice. But I have to keep Stone and Assange and Corsi. Um, and I I think Corsi's going to cave like we talked about, Jordan. I think he's going full Nunberg, <laughs> um, So I'm going to say plea agreement for Corsi. Now, last week I said you could add a plea agreement to an indictment for extra points, but we can't do that anymore because a plea agreement is in lieu of an indictment. It's not an indictment and a plea. It's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. So you have to call a plea agreement to get the points. Um, So that means I have Manafort, Stone, a Corsi plea agreement, Assange, and I got to put Junior on there for the point value because he's 20 points. Yeah, it's huge. What about you guys?
4: Yeah, that's a really good... Like, when you go first, I always feel crappy for my picks (laughs) because that's the best right there. I will say that I do want to stick by a rando. I know it's low, but I'm just hopeful that there's always going to be that little surprise. So I'm going to do a a rando, Corsi, Cush, and Manafort, of course, and then I believe I had stone. So yeah, I'm sticking with most of them.
0: Alright, there you go. That sounds good. Those are your five. What about you?
3: Yeah, I am uh, also in accordance with you on Corsi, I think he's gonna cave. So <coughs> Corsi plea deal, Stone, Assange, Manafort for those superseding indictments. Is it separate if he gets retried for the ten and then also superseding indictments as far as our league is, is concerned? Are we keeping those together?
0: Unless he's uh, indicted in two separate charges on different days.
3: Mm. Interesting. All right. Or well, in
0: different weeks, I should say.
3: Okay. Well, I'll keep them together because it's one week. So that's... And then let's throw on... Credico. Oh. Plea Ooh. agreement. Plea agreement for
0: Credico. Okay. Yeah. nice. Now, did you want to do a Corsi indictment or a Corsi plea, plea agreement? I'm going to go with the plea. All right. Yeah. You guys ready for sabotage? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, so some crazy beans came true this week. Way back in episode 44, first week of September, I dropped a story I called This Week in What the Fuck. Uh, It was about Malaysian financier, his name was Jolo, who laundered tens of millions of dollars stolen from the 1MDB. And that's a a hedge fund in Malaysia. Big bank. They robbed it blind. And they used some of that money to pay U.S. attorneys, including Chris Christie, who was repping him on some asset forfeiture shit in California, and Kasowitz, who was repping him uh, on Department of Justice matters. As you know, Kasowitz is the lawyer that Kamala Harris was questioning Kavanaugh about, asking if he ever talked with anyone from Kasowitz's firm about the Mueller investigation. And Chris Christie is a human turd farm. Um, (laughs) The what the fuck part was that Broidy was working with Jolo and was introduced to him by Praz Michelle, one of the founding members of now-defunct hip-hop band The Fugees. Mm. You guys remember The Fugees? Oh, yeah. Never forget. (laughs) (laughs) Never forget. Hashtag Fugees. Uh, Well, this week, an associate helping Jolo launder money uh, named Higginbotham uh, who used to work at the d- Justice Department, he pleaded guilty, and he's now cooperating to help him launder money. And as it turns out, Joe Lowe did launder the money, and Brody and the Fujis helped him do it. <laughs> so I really want to add Brody and Praz Michelle to my team, but I think that since the Manafort sentencing document is due December 7th, unless it's filed under seal, we're going to see those indictments, those stone indictments and those Manafort charges, and and who knows how long that Brody investigation could take. It could take a, a little while longer, so I don't know. What do you guys? Do You want to take Brody or the Fugees? Do, do is the Fugees like a rando? Because that could work out for me. <laughs> no, because we've named them. You're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> unless you want to, unless you want to replace your rando with the Fugees. I'm gonna do it. I'm yeah. gonna do. It.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice.
0: <laughs> not not all the Fugees. Lauren Hill's fine. Yeah, Lauren's yeah. great. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna put the insane clown posse on because I'm pretty sure that's what Jolo is a part of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a name is jolo yeah. i'm sorry or I'm the sorry. no emails clown. i'm sorry was not Jigolo? that's it yeah. right that's what they're called juggalos juggalos that's right sorry not jiggalo juggalo 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 oh i like I that yeah he drinks fago please no emails i'm so sorry I'm afraid
0: of, of offending juggalos i guess i don't know I just they have a scared big now. fan base yeah you never know <laughs> <laughs> no offense guys
3: making fun of his name jolo i'm so sorry i'm sorry <laughs> because i don't bother j-lo but jolo i'm fucking coming for him you know? mm-hmm.
0: yeah i like that <laughs> It'd be great if you like replaced all of j-lo's roles in movies with like, jolo made manhattan mm-hmm. with jolo
4: <laughs> instead oh my god the wedding planner <laughs> malaysian yes. in manhattan yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. malaysian <laughs> just, <laughs> just, oh as the, like yeah. a grad student's thesis on gender norms and media or yeah something, that'd be great the treason planner and that's not really a player <laughs> Anybody have good
0: video skills and a lot of free time? Do do a do a movie trailer for me for Malaysia to Manhattan with Jolo <laughs> instead of Lo.
3: Yeah, perfect. Be careful though; you'll get emails. I, I can already see them flowing in. And well, it will make Malaysian zero sense Manhattan, to anybody yeah. but me. Um, but anyway, no, I'm not changing my fantasy at diamond league. Please. Okay, okay, yeah, okay.
0: But yeah, the other guy, the other Malaysian that we remember when we got the yacht, we got the 250 million dollar yacht seized. Pretty yeah. much paid for the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. That guy was uh, part of the a group that stole all that money from mm-hmm. from malaysia interesting malaysia's Ugh.
4: always getting the short end of this stick. i keep thinking about that plane um for image th- 370 that was shot down by putin i don't know if there's any connection yet but i always wonder why they're getting so screwed over
0: yeah maybe he was mad because these financiers didn't give him any other money or didn't use him to launder the money um they bought movies instead like that one guy funded the wolf of wall street <laughs> and uh bought a picasso for uh DiCaprio or something yeah, like that. Like yeah. they just, the weirdest way is to launder money and all that shit was uh, seized. Wow. So, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is just speechless, right? <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Yeah, it's just really, it's weird. The Fuji's are involved. Ice Cube's involved. It, I, this thing is weird. Yeah, Kanye might be involved someday, we'll learn. <laughs> ah, he's just a motherfucker. There, yes, sure, very true. By his own words. <laughs> but... I expect decorum in the White House at all times. You must have decorum in the White House. Jim Acosta, mm-hmm. you didn't have decorum. You didn't do the decorums. Ridiculous. <laughs> and when you don't do the decorums, and then, yet yeah, motherfuckers that are hugging the president. Oh, yeah, projection, projection like a motherfucker. It's so yeah. great. Today on the interview, I'm joined by law professor, advocate, author of uh, the financial crisis book Other People's Houses, and she's one of the women that Jacob Wool and Surefire Intelligence contacted in an attempt to falsely accuse Bob Mueller of sexual misconduct. Um, Please welcome Jennifer Taub. Jennifer, thanks for being on MSW.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
0: So, hey, man, how about that Michael Cohen? Um, He keeps pleading guilty. Is he, (laughs) is he, do you think he's a hero or is he just a criminal?
1: Um, I think a person can be a criminal and then become a hero. And I I think he's uh, the John Dean of stupid Watergate.
0: You do. You think he's the John Dean. I was thinking McGann is like the John Dean.
1: Well, maybe this time we'll have many John Deans. But um, so far, (laughs) so far, I I really do think um, Michael Cohen is the gift who keeps on giving. And if um, if you look at the, the plea deal from Thursday, as well as the late night filing by his lawyers from Friday, you can really see, um, some hidden gems in here as to why, um, what he's doing here, um, is kind of bulletproof.
0: How do you, how do you figure, like, how do you mean bulletproof?
1: Okay. Well, one of the, um, we can talk a bit about, um, First, maybe the substance of what he's, um, what he's pleading to, and then maybe also the bulletproof stuff. Um, let me flip it around, though. Um, one of the biggest fears that people have is that somehow, no matter what Mueller finds and no matter what the grand jury discovers and whoever they indict, there's this fear that many of us have that uh, Trump will just pardon everybody, right? I mean, that seems to be the concern. Um, So there's this kind of double concern. First, that he'll pardon his friends, family, and others, Um, so that uh, they will either not turn on him, but just also so they'll get away with whatever crimes are discovered. But there's also this concern that uh, Robert Mueller will likely follow the Department of Justice guidelines and not indict a sitting president for federal crimes. And so this is a thing that kind of is, you know, kind of simmering on the back burner throughout um, everyone enthusiastically following Mueller's progress. So here's what makes it um, what just happened, what Michael Cohen's plea makes it especially bulletproof is as follows. Um, right in the, um, on this, uh, this filing from his lawyers from Friday night, this sentencing memo, is um, some interesting details. And um, for those, those following um, along at home, it's just on page two. So you don't have to even get very far into this 30 plus page document where it says that Michael Cohn has been very, very helpful. He has actually not just met with federal prosecutors, but he has met with representatives of the New York State Office of the Attorney General. Okay, so
0: this is huge. That's Barbara Underwood. That's Barbara Underwood's office, yeah?
1: Yeah, it's Barbara Underwood's office, soon to be Tish James' office when she's sworn in in January. And what's exciting for me um, about just a few sentences on page two is Michael Cohn is appears to be cooperating in not just one and not just two but actually three separate matters being investigated um, by the attorney general's office. Now let's keep in mind some of um, one of these at this moment appears to be a civil case, but it could uh, take on criminal dimensions. Um, and it's not entirely clear um, what what the other two. Uh, matters are um, so, uh, and, and when I look at this, it's what, what, what I what I would say is um, it may just be one other matter because um, there's a statement saying he's also provided the New York Attorney General with documents concerning a separate inquiry, and then there's also um, some discussion about the Department of Taxation and Finance, and that could just be as far as we know um, him talking about his own. Um, Failure to pay taxes as part of his his uh, earlier plea, but um, that's also helpful could be helpful um, in the investigation of failure for Donald Trump to pay taxes the expose um, i believe um, the expose from the new york times so here 's what 's key and what makes michael cohn 's um, plea deal especially good here is that the President of the United States, as I think you know and many listeners know, does not have pardon power over state crimes so right and and
0: also am i correct in uh somewhere i read or i learned or it's in my head uh i sound like trump right now but um i heard on the internet uh that uh if if you that that tax crimes uh aren't subject to double jeopardy laws so even though new york has this sort of double jeopardy thing that they're trying to you know i i think that um Schneiderman and then Barbara Underwood were trying to get an exemption for this kind of situation, a presidential pardon. They do have that double jeopardy law in place still, but that tax crimes aren't subject to that law.
1: Well, here's the thing. Um, If you want to talk about double jeopardy and then we can talk about this, the actual offenses in New York, Um, the double jeopardy situation um, is a little tricky now because as you may know, the Supreme Court is now hearing a case on this very topic. So he- is that the
0: Gamble Gamble v. Yes. v. US case? Yes. Right. I I I feel like it's not as prohibitive because I mean, well first of all, Gamble went to jail. And I think the timing is important because if Trump pardons any of these guys before they go to jail, they could there could be that argument that it's not the same. It's not it doesn't fall under the gamble umbrella or precedent.
1: Yes, it's a gamble. It's a gamble case. And so the Supreme Court is looking at whether the prohibition in the Fifth Amendment against um, putting someone twice, you know, twice in jeopardy for um, for the same offense. They're looking at at this uh, to decide whether whether. Um, Is it the the same offense if a state authority is prosecuting someone for a crime um, rising out of the same set of facts that a federal authority has prosecuted them for? So currently, um, under the dual sovereigns doctrine, which has been in place since the mid-19th century, um, states can go ahead and prosecute um, for the same crimes that the federal government does – you know, crimes are rising out of the same actions, right? And the states can do that, and so can the federal government, and they've considered to be separate sovereigns. And the word same offense means it's a concept of the offense being against the state, right? The victim, you know, when the state, um, you know, people versus defendant or U.S. versus defendant, the idea is that the state or the federal government is vindicating um, some kind of wrong, um, and that, that the offense is the offense against, you know, the the body politics so that's been the doctrine for a very very long time and it's possible um, that the Supreme Court could reverse that and come up with a a different theory and, and, and not allow and, and treat as double jeopardy um, you know the, that you would only treat a double jeopardy um, a state um, trying to um, prosecute for the same crimes that the federal government did but even if that happened. Um, even if the court did that, it's not really, um, it, it's, um, I, I don't see that as somehow um, protecting the folks who are being looked at in state court.
0: And, he, and he, Okay, so then that kind of falls out of the purview of rising from the same facts.
1: But let's just go back to what you said. If you don't pay state taxes, and let's say it's a crime, right, using that as an example, um, not paying your state taxes is a different act than, for example, not paying your federal taxes, right?
0: So it's not just the entity, it's the executives, um, which I think sometimes has more teeth, um, or at least that's my understanding of it. But I mean, this could just be, this could be all linked to the the payoff of Karen McDougal, for example, because I think that that might've gone through
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. And similarly, the, the key thing that's very exciting about this uh, this document, back to page two that I'm excited about, is that it says that um Cohn's been cooperating and meeting with the New York AG regarding this this lawsuit that Underwood, the AG, had brought against the Trump Foundation, that's his charity, and also um against the um directors. Of that foundation, and that includes Donald Trump himself as well as his three eldest children.
0: Oh, right, that wasn't the foundation; it was the organization. organization. And the foundation is the one, like they were just uh, taking all this money that was donated to charity and using, spending it on campaign stuff.
1: Actually, I think the, if I recall correctly, that the um, the the payoffs of McDougal and um, and the payoff of Stormy Daniels, it did not the the didn't involve the. Charity it, and personal the, – the allegations in the Underwood um, complaint is that, yes, they were using money that was given to this charity for uh, Trump's personal expenses, for campaign expenses, and also to settle certain debts um, that his businesses had, and that's that's not okay under – under state law. So again, let me just point out, um, you know, state uh, businesses, whether it's a a for-profit corporation or a nonprofit corporation, they're always organized under the law of a a given state. And so even if Trump wanted to sort of preemptively pardon his children and maybe even himself for any crimes um, arising out of what he might have done um, involving this charity, it's not going to work because there are state crimes, you know, that these are state crimes that are being, I'm sorry, in this case, they're not crimes yet. These are civil, uh, uh, civil violations that are being alleged. But let's imagine that some of these rose to the level of state crimes. I just don't see these as being, you know, the, the same kind of offense. I don't see there being a, an analogous federal offense. So again, um, I realize I'm getting way into the um, into the weeds here, but it's it's very exciting because it seems to me that you can find a lot in these documents um, to, to, um, to to you know to get get have a little hope that um, no one is above the law. and to the extent that Trump and his family members use their charitable foundation to um, to, you know inappropriately and unlawfully and possibly even criminally, to fund. Um, the campaign, this is not something that will just be brushed aside easily with some pardons.
0: Right. And but do you think I mean, you had mentioned earlier that we might not necessarily be looking at indictments of a sitting president, because I think I think you're right. I think Bob Mueller is just he's going to follow policy as as best he can. He's I think he's even narrowed the scope of his investigation more narrowly than he even needs to. Uh, by the, you know, the outline um, uh, that Rosenstein put out of what he's allowed to investigate, he seems to hand everything off that's not directly related. So I, I feel like he's he's a rule follower. But do you think that do you he is? He's so by the book. But do you think that um, I mean, we're looking at, well, you know, I had David Priest on and he has this book out called How to Get Rid of a President. And so we've been having discussions as to how people think it's going to go. Because, you know, aside from indicting a sitting president, which I don't think he'll do, that kind of leaves us with either impeachment or we vote him out in 2020. So I was wondering just, uh, you know, I was curious as to what you thought, um, because I know Comey has said he, he would rather see people vote um, and use their voices to, to make, uh, you know, to kind of, you know, I don't know, put in their verdict about this president. And then there are others who are, you know, yelling impeachment, impeachment. Um, I was wondering what you thought about either of those choices.
1: Well, I mean, there might be a third choice there. So let me start with the third choice, sticking with the states. There's no guidelines that I'm aware of that would uh, discourage or prohibit a a state from prosecuting a sitting president. I'm not sure that that would happen. Seems awfully bold, but states have prosecuted... um, Sitting governors before. Just let's keep that. <laughs> so let's keep that. Let's keep that in mind. Um, but also, you know, for me, um, you know, I think there's as a as a law professor who studies um, white collar crime, as well as political corruption um, and uh, corporate power. I'm really interested in, in the question of 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 whether a president or someone with a lot of power is above the law. And so. The method, the the, um, the question about what's um, the right way to get him out of office isn't really how I approach this. I look at it um, as in say, in say, has he violated the law? And so when we look at the possibility of impeachment, yes, I think that the House should begin impeachment hearings um, and look into whether there is sufficient evidence to have a vote. In the House for impeachment. And if so, then I think the process um, should move to the Senate. And I think this is important in light of what appear to be already impeachable offenses. Um, and, when I, and I think that there, there's a mistake when people um, say, let's just wait and see what Mueller finds. Because although Mueller has a very broad mandate, it is not unlimited. And he is not tasked with exploring uh, the constitutional violations, including those from day one. And as I'm sure you know, um, the president has been accused of violating the conflicts of interest clauses in the Constitution, what we call the emoluments clauses. And, you know, that's not something uh, Mueller is investigating or will investigate. And New, there- York,
0: New York AG is pretty bold. <laughs> whoever, whoever sits in that seat they're pretty bold.
1: Right. And it's so, well, that's what's so, it's so interesting. Yep.
0: Right. And also just going by, you know, some of the Nixon articles of impeachment, the abuse of power uh, situation where, you know, I remember he pressured the postmaster general to raise prices on Amazon and how he's saying he's going to release classified documents on Democrats and uh, he wanted to prosecute Comey and Clinton. So, like, he's got the abuse of power down. He's good at it. Um, I mean, that's, well, that's we crazy. don't need to, and we don't need to wait for we don't need to wait for Mueller to to know that
1: <laughs> and even the th- right, and even the places where there 's overlap, for example, obstruction of justice um, is a crime it 's a federal offense, um, but obstruction um, it can also be a grounds for impeachment in a, in a, and it was with Nixon right, and so the sta- even though they 're the same um, concept, the standards of proof are are different, and the elements of what we mean by obstruction. Is different as well as abuse of power. Also, lying to the the public repeatedly. You know, these are when you look at the grounds for impeachment in the Constitution. Um, it includes high crimes and misdemeanors. Um, and so included in that, you know, is is some some historical precedent as to what would fall within that. And absolutely, abuse of powers is something. But these emolument clause violations, which you know, for which there are these private lawsuits moving forward. Um, so far, it doesn't seem like there's been a court yet um, that's dismissed the case, uh, you know, that has, has dismissed the case arguing or holding that um, he's not taking emoluments or payments. So in other words, these cases are moving forward into discovery. Um, and I think that it really, the, these really should also be looked at been investigated by the House of Representatives in public hearings so we can all see what is actually happening. So
0: did I hear you say that um, lying to the public could fall under impeachable offenses? Because we, you know, we know we've been discussing um, the, tr- the Trump Tower of Moscow that, you know, he said, I don't have any deals with Russia. I have no money in Russia. And, and meanwhile, he had this whole letter of intent. We got it in the minority report from Schiff, actually, that he was working on this other Trump Tower with Seder and his kids uh but you know we've all, we've been saying and repeating ourselves lying to the public is not a crime it's not a crime but are you saying that, that that doing that or at least being possibly compromised because you lied to the public uh something that could fall under impeachable offenses high crimes and misdemeanors
1: well if we um if we take a look at what um article 1 of the articles of impeachment against um president nixon and there are all these different different paragraphs. Um, let me just read it to you. It says making or causing to be made false or misleading public statements for the purpose of deceiving the people of the United States into believing that a thorough and complete investigation had been conducted with respect to allegations of misconduct and so on. Um, you know, so, uh, misleading the public, um, was part of was one of the elements of the obstruction of justice charge against him. So, you know, I, there is uh, there is um precedent for this. And we and so the, you know, getting back to to the cone um the cone plea, it's it really is incredible and I and I want to use the advice of Adam Davidson of the New Yorker who did some excellent uh, research on Baku um, Azerbaijan, the the uh, kind of corruption associated with some Trump buildings there, and I'm, I'm not sure if you read that piece, but he. Seemed- yeah, I did,
0: and it it really it had it was a lot about Ivanka as well. Um, I think she was heavily involved in that deal in
1: Azerbaijan. Right, and she was supposed to be, by the way, heavily involved in this Trump Moscow uh, deal, but.
0: Oh yes, her spa, her fam- her fantastic spa. I think she hired architects and everything. We all knew that already. I think it was in uh, Issakov and Korn's book too, right? He was the presumptive nominee at that time.
1: Mm-hmm. But what's and that's exactly the point. What you're saying and what we're kind of saying is what 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 um, Davidson says, and I think what we all know but forget is this is this is not this sort of new piece of information that we now find out that even though. The position has been from Donald Trump and from Michael Cohn that any discussion of building a tower in Moscow, building a Trump tower in Moscow, they said all that discussion had ended by January. Now we find out that the discussions went forward in through mid June. And not only that, but that Michael Cohn was dealing with extremely high level officials in Russia to try to get this. Trump Tower Moscow project going. So this is the truth that is coming out. And yet, when we say we, we act like it's the truth that's coming out as if it's the first time we've ever heard of this. But it turns out that BuzzFeed had even reported on this previously, right? And it turns out that this fits quite well into some of the allegations set forth in the Steele dossier. So what we're really, what, what Davidson was saying, and I think is right, is that we need to not look at one example of Trump lying about his connections with Russia on its own. We should not look at one example of Trump um, misusing, let's say, a business or a charity um, on its own, but we've got to look at a pattern and practice of behavior. And what seems abundantly clear now is that Trump and the members of his inner circle, his family White members at the White House, such as Michael Flynn and his campaign, have repeatedly lied about Trump's ties to Russia. And this seems like it was a coordinated effort. And what makes it even worse than that, you know, because when someone lies repeatedly about something, is that when he's caught, he says, well, even if I did it, it wouldn't be a big deal. Well, it really, you know, which is his last, seems like his last defense or his, sec- his next to last defense. I think the last one is so what everybody does it. But his, they're lying about this for a reason. And I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. But what makes it worse, not just they were lying, but they seem to be lying in parallel or coordination with the Russian officials themselves. So we have Peskov, very close with Vladimir Putin, um, covering up for Trump. So we had this situation In 2016, when it was clear that Donald Trump was going to be the Republican nominee, while-
0: Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think the first Trump Tower was an Aguilar off deal as well. And they were at the Trump Tower meeting in June. So,
1: Right. And this is like June of 2016. Right at that moment, he is having Michael Cohen work on a deal to build a tower- in Moscow. And do you know who they would have been working with in Moscow for that?
0: Uh, the Kremlin, I would assume. Um, so before I let you go, can you tell uh, my listeners where they can find your book?
1: Um, oh, I. so my, my book on the financial crisis called Other People's Houses is available wherever you buy books, independent bookstores and online, including Amazon. Um, and I recommend the paperback because I did an updated, um, I did a new preface for that. Um, and then I also have a casebook on white collar crime, but unless you're a law student, you really, you really don't want to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's
0: uh, super uh, interesting, right? Like People like, oh, I want to read your di- doctoral dissertation. I'm like, no, you don't. Um, not unless you need to go to sleep and you're out of but Ambien. Also,
1: but if you also, if you also just want, you know, ongoing commentary, On what's happening? I'm I'm on Twitter way too much, um, and my handle is Jen Taub. That's uh, J E N T A U B.
0: Great. Okay. Cool. So everybody follow at Jen Taub T A U B, (laughs) and uh, if you're not already following Mueller She Wrote, you can follow us at Mueller She Wrote. Uh, Thank you so much. This has been a really great and enlightening conversation, and I really appreciate your insight. And you know, I'm just a I'm an armchair lawyer over here, but it's it's really good to actually speak to somebody who has a, a full grasp and understanding of some of the you know the way that these crimes can be charged and, and what's going on. So Jennifer Todd, thanks so much for being on MSW.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right guys, that's our show. So again, be ready for December seventh, the Manafort sentencing report. Um he won't actually be sentenced until March fifth. We'll either find out all of his superseding indictments and all of his crimes and lies uh, and the Stone indictments before then, or Mueller will file that shit under seal if he needs more time to prepare those charges. So thanks to all of our new listeners and our OG Mueller junkies and patrons. If you haven't, please subscribe, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can do that at patreon.com slash wrote uh, We will see our patrons later this week. We have two bonus episodes coming out and the book club. Uh, and everyone else, we'll see you next Sunday night. Thanks for listening. I've been A.G. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Mueller She Wrote. MSW
1: Media.